The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerate, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Hour number two, you magnificent bitches. 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. You can also get us on The Blitz Facebook page. Find The Blitz. Click like. You're good to go. There's Twitter at Fred Fowler. F-A-O-U-R, at A-J is the real, at Aaron is Blitz, at Degenerates975. You can text the show, know the number for that. Watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. And guess what? You can see my not pretty face on there today because I'm back in studio and Rona free and excited. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I got Patrick Creighton energy today. Look at you. The Dodgers! The Dodgers! Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, man, I feel great, but... uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you missed the first hour, a lot of uh, Jesus Easterby talk, a lot of Nick Casario talk, and uh, we'll, we'll keep that going, of course, because uh, there's uh, a a uh, lot happening here with your Texans. Uh, I'm, I've been trying to find positives, I'm trying to look at this from a positive perspective. Found a few. Still don't feel great about it. Uh, and if you want to know my thoughts on it, you can go to Sports Map and read my column where I compared the Texans to dog puke. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, Big Burger said, "What up, Fred? Good to see you back." And well, I'm so happy to be back, man. I have missed uh, I miss being on Twitch with you guys. I miss being in studio, and you know, it's it's nice that we can do the show from home if we have to. But man, what it's just so miserable. To and it's just a different level of energy. The show, yeah. the quality of the broadcast, like we can yeah. see each other, we can communicate non verbally. I mean, it's, it gets a lot of. It's way different. Yeah, I. Uh, it just it's kind of hard, especially when you're at home too. Just uh to, to stay on top of things. And, you know, and, and like I said, I, I mentioned this in the first hour, it's just the mental weight of ne- never knowing how bad it was going to get. And just day after day, boy, if your cough gets a little worse, like, uh-oh, oh, uh-oh. No, is this, man. is this where, you know, I'm high risk, but by the same token, a little vodka, a little whiskey. And, and look at you. You're and fine. now I'm Rona free. And I've, and now that I've had it, do you think the booze killed the Rona? Is that what you're saying? I think the booze helped. Okay. I think the uh, it certainly helped, um, but you know, I think booze and weed. Okay, but um, and Echo Adam, how's the wife feeling? For the wife uh, went and got tested again today. Uh, she's she's still not feeling great. Her she, case was harsher than yours. Uh, not not. I mean, it wasn't hers. Wasn't really bad either. But she's got like a sore throat today. Now I think it's just hers is all psychosomatic because her damn Canadians got their ass kicked last night. Go USA! But um. But yeah, she was the final uh, two nil and domination. Boy, uh, I, it, well, it wasn't. It was defensively and goaltending was a was dominant. I mean, they that was uh, it was fun to watch. And yeah, I had Canada over three and a half goals in game. I uh, I bet them under one and a half uh, <laughs> after watching the last 10 minutes of the first period, because that uh, that kid in goal for the U.S. basically looked like Jonathan Quick in his prime. And man, it was it was exciting to watch. And um, Canada had come into the game outscoring everyone forty-one to four. Well, that's pretty good. And yeah, that's not bad. And everybody kept talking about oh, 19 first round draft picks. U.S. has only got nine, but the U.S. had the two best kids on the ice last night. Their goalie 
and that uh, uh, the kid who scored the goal and got an assist. Uh, we're the two best players, so suck it, Canada. I had to I had to eat a lot of grief from my Canadian friends before that game. So uh, f them. Yeah, I'm just gonna say happy the Team USA won. Uh, and, and the other, I did hit the under five and a half goals. I know it, it seemed counterintuitive to say Canada over three and a half. But you kind of thought the U.S. was going to get smoked. Yeah, I kind of, I, I didn't think they'd be able to score, and and they struggled to score. They got, but they got two goals, and that was enough. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm feeling so good. But yeah, thanks for asking about her. Hopefully, she'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I was thinking about staying home until her test came back negative. But you know, I'm staying far away from her anyway, especially after last night's game. We're, we're not, you know, but we don't. Honestly, we don't get. Uh, since we've both been sick, we've been going out of our way to not be near each other. That's the which, move. Which is, you know, I don't want to... But that was, let's face it, that was also before you yeah, were sick. Yeah, of course it was. But, but, yeah, I'm pretty much, thanks to the U.S., I'm on the couch now. So, uh, yeah. 713-780-ESPN. What's that? Uh, he was reminding us, oh. to, to, we teased Trevor Lawrence talk, which I wanted to get into. Trevor Lawrence, who... Played 40 college football games in his career and won 38 of them. But he sucked in those two, AJ. It's so weird that we get that way, isn't it? Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's so overrated. I'd take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence because of this one game. And people forget that, like, the game that Justin Fields played before the game against Clemson, that game against Northwestern, was probably the worst Justin Fields has ever played ever. Ever. You know what Justin Fields' second worst game I've ever seen him play was? The playoff game last year against Clemson where he stunk it up. Trevor Lawrence, and everybody was like, oh, well, he put up a dud against Ohio State. Dude threw for 400 yards, had three touchdowns. And like, well, he had two turnovers. And he did have, the fumble was a turnover. I mean, that was a bad turnover. Yeah. Um, but his second turnover, they were down 17 points. Yeah. His receiver... T- Pops a ball up in the air in the end zone that, and and gets intercepted on him. Basically, the last the last pass he threw of the game it wouldn't have made a difference in the final score. The only difference would have been now people would have been slandering a guy who scored four touchdowns in a champ or in a uh, in a playoff loss and saying that all of a sudden he's no good. I saw all of a sudden today people are saying, well, uh, like someone the ACC tweeted out uh, basically something from Clemson saying that. You know, Trevor Lawrence might be the greatest player ever at Clemson. And instantly there were people like, bro, Deshaun Watson greater at Clemson than Trevor Lawrence. No, no, he wasn't. Deshaun Watson was very good at Clemson. But Deshaun Watson, in his his last season, his junior season, threw 17 picks. Trevor Lawrence threw 17 picks the entire three years he was at Clemson. This uh, Trevor Lawrence was he lost two games in three years, beat Alabama, the team that nobody thought could be beaten. Not only beat them, beat them by four touchdowns in the championship game as a freshman. Trevor Lawrence had a great college football career. He didn't win a Heisman. He Neither did Sean. No, uh, he only won one. Only won one national championship. But please uh, about- don't diminish what Trevor Lawrence did. Someone said, I've seen him play duds, and I said, no, you didn't. You saw him play one dud in his entire – of those 40 games, he played one dud, and that was against a team that's kind of consensus, the best team that's played college football in the last 10 years, 
last year's LSU team. So he did. Did he? Did he have a dud game that day? Absolutely. One dud out of forty. I'm not throwing the. I'm not throwing him out. I'm not saying all of a sudden the guy can't play. It's crazy. Um, nobody. Well, if you look at his career, he he had a better career than Deshaun did, and I love Deshaun. But Deshaun, his senior year. Through, through a bunch of interceptions. Yeah. People forget about that. Well, in his freshman year, he couldn't really get his footing. Like, yeah. it, it, I mean, Trevor Lawrence went undefeated Junior and won year, an, or, not senior. No, year. I'm talking about his. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah his last his, season. Yes. He, in fact, that's why his draft stock went down. If he'd come out, if he'd been able to come out the year before, he would have gone top five. Yeah. And and Trevor Lawrence, his freshman year was he won a national championship, went undefeated. Deshaun had some ups and downs his freshman year. Uh, they lost three games. Like it. it and, and and not to say that like that shouldn't happen with freshmen, but that's what sets Trevor Lawrence apart. And, and that stat, when I was looking it up today, seventeen picks in his entire career, and Deshaun had seventeen in his last season. Yeah, you can't tell me that Deshaun was better at Clemson than Trevor Lawrence. He just wasn't. So I, it's funny how one game we see one game, and people want to change everything everything they think about somebody. And literally, like if Justin Justin Fields. If Northwestern was the last time we'd seen him, who would be talking about taking Justin Fields number two in the draft? It wouldn't happen. Yeah, that at that game, that was just an ugly, ugly football game on, on all sides of the ball. And he did not play well in that. But that's guess what? Not every not everybody plays a perfect game every time. No. And um and somebody brings up a really good point on the text line because I, I wanted to get to this. When is the last time a, a quarterback Drafted number one, did anything in the NFL. Um, I, I think, and I've seen a lot of of studies about this, that you shouldn't draft a quarterback number one. But here's the problem with that. Most of the examples of guys who didn't make it, Jameis Winston, things like that, teams, we said it at the time, I'm not drafting Jameis Winston with the first overall pick. Yeah, Teams force things with quarterbacks because they have to especially if you're bad enough to have that number one pick and you 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 definitely don't have a quarterback if you're in that situation, and, unless you're the Colts who, when Manning broke down. So I think you're going to make a lot more mistakes there. I don't think this kid is a mistake. Just like, uh, you know, now Joe Burrow last year, should he have gone number one overall? I, I, I don't know. You could make a case that eh, that's not who I would have gone with. But they needed a quarterback. Right. Well, so, and, and sometimes Matt Stafford's draft is a great example. Like, you can say, well, Matt Stafford, he was, he's, he's good. He, he had a fine career, but shouldn't have been the number one pick. Well, the Lions needed a quarterback. Here were the next five picks or the next four picks in the draft. Jason Smith, tackle from Baylor. That was a fail. Tyson Jackson, defensive end LSU. Aaron Curry, linebacker Wake Forest. Mark Sanchez, quarterback USC. The, Boy, that would... This is the list of quarterbacks that went after Stafford in that draft. Mark Sanchez, Josh Freeman, Pat White, uh, then you, you Stephen McGee, Rhett Bomar, Nate Davis, Tom Branstetter, Mike Teal, Keith Null, Curtis Painter. How'd the Lions not get the right guy with the number one pick? Like you, you yeah. can't even argue it. No, but I, I in in that case, but I, there's also for every guy like Matt Stafford, you can look back on his career and say, yeah, that was the right pick. You know, there's a Sam Bradford. Sure, you know, there, there's a guy that just doesn't work out. 
And so he said, I'm not diminishing anything Trevor did. I'm sure he, he's the next luck. But Winston had an outstanding college career as well. Uh, Lawrence could be doing the same as Winston in the pros. Uh, it, it's possible, but here's the difference. Jameis Winston, there was always a serious concern about that guy's maturity. I don't think that we have those concerns with Trevor Lawrence. No way you're going to know until he gets there. Yeah. But that that was the thing. I, I never wanted any part of Jameis Winston uh, on the field. Really good, but there was enough off-field stuff. It's like, man, the pressure of the NFL is going to eat this guy for lunch. And it kind of did. Now, I think he's in a good spot now where he can he can learn. And and I don't think I'm ready to, to throw him out the way I am some other quarterbacks because I think he can he can if he can ever mature, I think the skill's there. And it just... But mental, the mental part of the game is so important for an NFL quarterback. Yeah, how and, many? How and many we thought the same thing. We thought that same thing about Cam Newton. We thought that oh, Cam Newton, man, that's a it, like. Do do you want to take him number one because he's you know he's he's got some some off field issues. He's got some maturity issues. Turns out, I think we can all agree Cam Newton was the right choice, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, the guy it was, worked he, out for a long time. He's a league MVP. He took a team to a Super Bowl. If I told you those things were going to happen, you take that guy number one every right? time. Every time. And you mentioned Sam Bradford. And granted, like the Rams could, they could have taken. There, there were other good players in that draft: Russell Okun, Eric Berry, uh, Earl Thomas, guys who who ended up having great, some maybe Hall of Fame NFL careers. Here's the rest of the quarterbacks after Sam Bradford: Tim Tebow, Jimmy Clausen, Colt McCoy, Mike Kafka, John Skelton. John Crompton, Rusty Smith, like he was the best option at quarterback, and they needed. A yeah, quarterback. but I mean that gets back to my point, though, is if you're desperate, you're going to take a guy number one, and so you're yes, you, people are more likely to maybe evaluate a guy a little higher if he's a quarterback, which means this the failure rate is going to be higher. Do you think the Rams regret taking Jared Goff number one overall? Mm, no, I mean, uh, it, if they did, do you think they would have signed him to an extension? No, but I don't know that I would have signed him to the extension. I, I don't and either. there was a good debate about right. that. It's like, do you do you punt here and take another shot? Because is this guy really that good? But they they did go to the Super Bowl with him. They did, and the if they hadn't drafted him number one overall, they would have drafted Carson Wentz. I mean, who would yeah. you rather have right now? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. If Wentz had had the year he had in Philadelphia there, they might have won the damn Super Bowl. Maybe so. Before his knee blew out. But I I, I think the point is you're, you're going to reach, and if you have the number one pick, I mean, it's almost a default that oh, I'm going to go get the best quarterback. Well, that guy might not really be worthy of the number one pick is my point. And it doesn't – to me, the, the guys that go behind him, I mean, you know – that's that's where the desperation comes in. You say, okay, I have to have this guy. And so you mentioned Carson Wentz. We're talking about specific guys who went first overall, not not you know first well, or second. And that's like the Baker Mayfield thing. Like you, you can argue whether or not Baker Mayfield was the right choice for the Browns. The Browns are in the playoffs for the first time in their history. I don't think anybody would argue right now that Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than Josh Allen. But is that a matter of the Browns took the wrong guy or – Josh Allen ended up in the right situation, the right circumstances. I think it's a little bit of both, just like uh, the Bears taking Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson. Exactly. Uh, I mean, part of it's the guys being in the right spot, and part of it is, you know, Or Goff going to the Rams. I don't think Goff would have succeeded just any old place. I think Sean McVay was the right guy for Jared Goff eventually when he got yeah. there. All right, quick break. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5.
This is The Blitz. The Blitz. On ESPN 97.5. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Happy What Are the Odds Wednesday. It's so good to be back in studio. If not, this is kind of the question we were, were asked is why risk number one on quarterback, then fill another need and find a free agent quarterback. Because how often do franchise free agents come open? Yeah, and the problem is, how often do you get the number one pick? And that's why I think teams reach. But that's the argument against it. Well, and also, what's the most expensive position to pay in the NFL? Um, Quarterback. Right. So a left tackle if if, you're a Texan. If you've got an opportunity to pay a guy on basically a discounted rate for five years at the most costly position, of course you want to do that. Well, it doesn't have to be number one, though. No, but if if that's where you're picking, yeah. But I I think part of the problem is those teams always are in need of a quarterback, and how often are you going to get a pick that high? And that's why I think mistakes are made. I think you you reach for guys in that position because you have the number one pick, which is why I kind of admired the Texans when they took Clowney instead of Blake Bortles or Mario Williams instead yeah. of Vince Young, uh, and then tried to fix quarterback elsewhere. Of course, never did. Fixed quarterback right. until Deshaun, but 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 also you 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 realize that you can't really be good unless you're good at quarterback. Yeah, like you can't compete for a Super Bowl unless you've got a quarterback, and that's why teams are desperate to have it because there are teams who there are teams who contend with bad offensive lines. There are teams who contend with shoddy wide receiving cores. There are teams who contend with bad secondaries. What do they all have in common? They've, they've got a great quarterback. That's yeah. what that's what happens. And that's why everybody's looking for one. Yep. But you know, you're also at a point now where we talked about this a lot yesterday. You've got some guys who have played at a high level that are going to probably be available in trade. That doesn't happen very often. No. Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan. Uh, but that's also because there's been there's now like a an uh, almost an oversaturation of quarterbacks because teams are giving up on guys faster and they're right. willing to they're willing to just eat the dead money and move on from guys faster than they used to be because they realize that it's it's so important to get a quarterback so they're wet, they're less willing to waste seasons with a guy that they know isn't their long-term solution so imagine if the browns had taken barkley at 1 and allen at 4 you know why that i, I don't uh, necessarily look back on that and say oh that would have been great first off they got a pretty good guy in nick chubb yeah uh and you know, Saquon has one leg right now. And uh, I don't know that Josh Allen would have become Josh Allen in Cleveland. I don't know either. I think he'd be better than Baker Mayfield because I think he's a better player than Baker Mayfield. But uh, situation plays so much into it. And had Josh Allen gone to the Jets, w- would he be what he is? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have that answer. Yeah. So, you know, but that's... And Trent Dilfer has a ring, only even thrown a grounder 100 yards. And that's your one outlier. Yeah, you can have guys who, who are outliers, sure. They're the, I mean, you look back, it's basically Dilfer. It's basically uh, Brad Johnson yeah, and Joe Flacco. And, and Joe Flacco, who played like one of the best postseason runs we've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Flacco had eleven touchdown passes during that postseason run and zero interceptions. And that's why I'm saying I'm not so, saying so. He was an elite, but he played elite 
for one stretch of his career. And that's why I, I won't say the Titans can't win the Super Bowl uh, or, or the Bears can't. Well, I probably will say the Bears can't win the Super Bowl. But I, I won't say that these teams that don't have elite quarterbacks can't win the Super If If the Rams had won the Super Bowl with Goff, Goff would probably fall into that category too. I, I, I mean, it happens. It's just, it's kind of unusual. Yeah. Uh, so if you're telling me, well, once every 10 years, a mediocre guy will take his team to a, to a Super Bowl, then do you want to play that? Do you want to, you know, hope that you're that one team that is able to pull it off? Or do you want to find that, find that franchise quarterback and do what the other nine out of 10 teams that make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl do and go with that guy? That's what everybody wants to do. And. Everything has to be perfect. Yeah, for like, you to have well, a Brad Nick, Johnson. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Let's yeah, go, let's go there. I mean, but he played at an elite level during during those playoffs. Um, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Somebody asked, "What are the thoughts on Kyler at number one?" I would have not taken Kyler Murray number one. I wouldn't have either. Although he, I, he's I, been better than I thought he would be, but he also strikes me as a guy that once you get him figured out, he's not going to be great. I also, in a way, respect what the Cardinals did by saying we know that uh, that Josh Rosen isn't the answer after one year. And it, I mean, it was a really, really ballsy move because that, that can set you back a long way. If Kyler Murray ends up not working out, that can set them back a long, long way. I, I'm not crazy about Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray's good, not great. Uh, I still wonder if uh, it, if long term Daniel Jones is going to be better than Kyler Murray, but I also understood that the Cardinals realized the position they were in that they couldn't compete with uh, Josh Rosen, so they had to go find somebody, and they said, "Okay, well, we'll just we'll eat the money on Rosen, and and this is what we'll get." Yeah, and I was I was okay with that, just like I was okay when the uh, the football team, knee the Redskins, at the time drafted. Uh, Bob Griffin, and then drafted Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I mean, to me, you keep going until you get one. Um, and good thing they did. Yeah, yeah. Because Bob Griffin looked like he was going to be the guy, and it looked silly that they wasted a pick on him, and then he breaks, and then Kirk Cousins is their quarterback for the next four years. Uh, five years, even, I guess, because they franchised him twice. Um, but they, the Cardinals also could have had Nick Bosa had they not taken Kyler Murray. Right. And so who knows what... You never. I mean, any, listen. Anytime you make a draft pick, you're changing the the fortunes of many franchises. Yeah. yeah. So, it's it's easy to say what if. What guess, if? But guess who's not changing the fortunes of anyone's franchise this year? Who? Your Texans. They are not. <laughs> well, they will change in the, like some third, fourth round yeah. fortunes. And somebody mentioned. Peyton. I mean, they changed the Dolphins already. They did do that. The Dolphins are super happy. Um, somebody mentioned Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl. Yeah, the last. Peyton Manning Super Bowl, he was very bad at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he was... Uh, but who would have thought it? Because before that, oh, he, he had been a juggernaut. His his drop-off <laughs> came very, very rapidly. Yeah. The year before, was it the year before he was still setting records? I think so. And then, uh, then he kind of split with Osweiler's last year. And it was kind of sad to watch. That was about as close to Trent Dilfer as there was, though, because he, he knew where to throw the ball, you could tell. He just couldn't zip it there anymore. He couldn't make the throws. He didn't really make any mistakes, and that's how they won because that defense was just dominant and uh, beat up Cam Newton. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, but, I I mean, I I think you can do it, but 
the teams that have the elite guys, that's why you need one because, you know, we're talking about the Seahawks every year, right? We're talking about the the Packers every year. And that's because they have their guy. And, and in over 15 years, they might not win a they might not win another one. They might just yep. win one each. But you got one. Yep. Texans would take that. A lot of teams would take sure that. Sure they would. All right, let's put the brakes on this conversation. Yeah, let's do. Um, with new breaks. And guys, if you're stuck at home like I was for a week plus, new breaks will come to you. And they do such a great job. They're great people. Uh, they do quality work. And you've been hearing some squeaking, some grinding in those breaks. Well, you don't want to go to a, a shop right now. I mean, that, plus you got to sit around for a couple hours. Well, you know what? You can be sitting at home drinking beer in your underwear. New breaks is going to come to you. Now, they'd probably like you to put pants on when uh, when they get there, but uh, you can sit in your house and do whatever you want. All you got to do is go to newbreaks.com, N-U-B-R-A-K-E-S.com. They've got a 24-month, 24,000-mile warranty. They do quality work. Jake and the guys over there are fantastic. You're going to get an instant online quote from their break experts. You're gonna, it's going to be a surprise-free quote. And so what they tell you it's going to cost, that's what it's going to cost. You're not going to come there and say, oh, well, here, it's going to cost you another $200. That's not how they work. So uh, they're convenient, 20 to 50% more affordable. Newbreaks.com, mention ESPN, 10% off your service, N-U-B-R-A-K-E-S.com. This is ESPN 97.5. is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Happy What Are the Odds Wednesday. I'm as happy as I can be. Just happy to be back. Man, you know you take things for granted when you come in and do a show every day. When you're stuck at home and can't do anything. It's like, God, you know, I really... It sounds stupid. I miss being in front of a microphone and not sounding like I'm talking in a tin can half the time. You know, it, it's it's just little stuff. So, I don't know if you saw this. Because I don't know how much you read USA Today. I think Josh and I are the only guys who actually... Still do it? Yeah, because it... You still get delivered to your house? Uh, no, I, I just... I go online. Okay. Uh, I still get the Chronicle delivered to my house. I don't know why. Okay. Um... We we wanted a newspaper for a while. It, the wife did, yeah, you know, and I always just kind of do what I'm told because you love Jerome. Um, I can read him on Texas Sports Nation though, because it's true. Because uh, with your subscription, you get an online subscription. Uh, but now, like our cleaning lady uses it because she does like a lot of painting work and stuff like that. So I just give them to her. <laughs> so the newspaper. So sorry for all your hard work, guys. It's basically going on the floor while somebody's working. Uh, and. Port Marine Cron is good for packing supplies. Yeah, a lot of that stuff, too. But USA Today, I, I think Josh and I both read these columnists because they piss you off. They piss us off. You like to be angered by them. It, it, I mean, I like to look at it and go, but this is just dumb. Like, and Nancy Armour and, and Christine Brennan are my two least favorites. Okay. But all, all that is to set up the fact that they did their announcer power rankings. Which is really, again, a very dumb thing. 
Okay. But I, I, I want to see what you think of their rankings. Who's number one? Who's the top tier announcer? Uh, well, I was going to go in reverse oh, order. Okay, let's that's do reverse okay. order. Yeah. That's fine, too. Number 10, they have Tom Rinaldi, Fox Sports. Oh, very, very high up there. Uh, and he looks like he would, you know, he looks kind of smug. Like, he would enjoy being in the top ten. Are these only, like, uh, play-by-play guys? Uh, yeah, basically. Okay. They're not going to, like, say Tony Romo or what? No. Here's a dumb one. Chicago baseball announcers. They're combining the White Sox and the Cubs, so that's that's dumb. Uh, well, you know what? Lewis Riddick is not a play-by-play guy. They got no, him eighth. Yeah, okay, so it isn't. It's not necessarily All right. just one thing. No. All right. Uh, Doris Burke, ESPN. Oof. <laughs> Boy, you want to talk about pandering. Yeah, let's let's throw Doris in there. Number six is Kevin Harlan. I think Kevin Harlan's good. I like Kevin Harlan on TV. I hate him on radio NFL because he does all these stupid outside the numbers and this kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, I actually I like Kevin Harlan. I, I, I know I, I like him on TV. I like him on the radio too. I, see, I think he's ter- I think he's terrible on NFL radio. He's good on basketball, but I mean he he goes. He uses these weird descriptions for things, to, and you don't know what's going on in the play. To me, that's a bad play-by-play. Okay. Otherwise, I think he's really good. So I don't have a problem with him at six. I think he tries to overdo it when he's on radio. Like, he yeah. knows that there's not a visual element, so then he overcompensates too much for it. Yeah, that's and he's trying to, and he doesn't tell you where they are on the field. He's outside the numbers. What the hell does that mean? Which numbers? Left, right. I mean, uh, uh, hash marks and stuff like that. It's just a, a good radio football play-by-play guy tells you where they are on the field, what's happening. And, you know, stop trying to paint a picture backwards is what he does. And I know it sounds critical because I think he's really good at everything else. Let me, let me make that clear. It's just that's why I don't like him on NFL football on the radio. Jim Nance, number five. Uh, Jim Nance, uh, that's a consummate pro. I'm, I'm pro Jim Nance. Yeah, I got no problem with Jim Nance. Al Michaels, number four. I think Al Michaels is good. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. Antonio Romo, number three. I like Tony Romo. I think maybe Tony Romo's almost getting to the overhyped point, but I, I think he's good. I, I think he's one of the better uh, color commentators. Don't don't mean to be too critical. I thought the first year he did it, he was fantastic. I don't know if he, just being a year removed and not being as familiar with what guys were doing, I thought year two there were a few games where I was listening where it's like, I don't think he prepared very well for this. So, of course, got paid a ridiculous amount, so why yeah. would you prepare uh, numero dos, Kirk Herbstreet. I think Kirk's pretty good. Two might be high for me. I, I mean, I think he's fine. Um, he what Kirk does, even when he does Ohio State games, he does a really good job of separating his personal feelings. He tries. He tries to. There are a lot of times where it, it still comes through, which it's going to. I mean, uh, I, I like Kirk. I, I have no problem with him being number two. Uh, I, I it, number one. Jose Buck. I knew they were going to say Joe Buck number one. <laughs> I, Is that not I, the most predictable thing ever? Everybody hates Joe Buck. I don't have a problem with Joe Buck. I think everybody believes that Joe Buck hates their team. I don't think he really hates anybody's team. I, I think he's just... You know what? I I like him more on football than I do on baseball. I know baseball is his thing. Yeah. I, I don't like Troy Aikman. I think Troy Aikman is... You know, he's a... Aikman is a laid-back Collinsworth. And I'm not a fan of either guy, but I do like Joe Buck on football. I don't have a problem with him being number one. Um, no love for Gus Johnson, huh? I'm not a big Gus Johnson guy. 
Uh, I'm not a I'm not a screamer guy. What about Dan Shulman? Uh, did not make the list. Disrespect. What about Bill Raftery? Well, was this only basket or was this no only no because Doris Burke was in there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have I don't have a lot of problems with any of this list. I I would have even though I was critical of Kevin Harlan, one thing that he does, which another thing that I, that I want to mention, some of these guys are very good at a lot of things. Like to me, Tariko's the best. Yeah. Why, why Tariko? I guess because he doesn't really do any one thing now. But Mike Tariko can do anything. Like he, you can put him on the Olympics. You can put him on basketball. You can put him on football. You can put him on horse racing, for goodness sakes, which they've done. Uh, to me, he is the the most well-rounded, versatile guy, but he's not really as big as these other guys anymore. Right. And, and I don't know if it was just because that's the job he took. He was supposed to be the jack-of-all-trades. Um and kind of replace Bob Costas, but yeah, he he's my number one. But I don't have any problem with any of these guys they have in the top five. Uh, and I would have Harlan a, a little bit higher than six, even though I was critical of one thing. Okay, so there. Um, just feel like it's uh, I feel the same way about Cowherd. I only watch his clips because I think he's a moron. <laughs> Well, there are people who do skip Bayless. People do that. Yeah, I, I, uh, well, I'll honestly, of the hot take guys, I like Colin the best. Uh, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more so than Skip and any of those other guys, because I think at least Colin, even when he's trolling you, he has he has a well reasoned argument, even if yeah. you disagree with it. No, I, I'll agree with that. Uh, there's a lot of times you have to accept his premise. When I first started in radio. <laughs> Uh, like I was, you know, interning and board opping and things like that. And it was the early, I mean, I say the early days of ESPN radio, but it was like, you know, Dan Patrick still worked for ESPN radio and Colin Cowherd was like the midday guy. He was the show I probably enjoyed the most. I was like, you know, when I'm listening to these, I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty good. He's, he's got a good thing. Going. Now he was less trolly back then. Uh, that's, that's evolved over time. Well, which, but that's a broadcaster. What, that's kind of what you got to do. But that's what they wanted him to be at ESPN too. And and he did it great. And I, I mean, I thought his show was was wildly entertaining. Um, and the that is the big difference between guys like Gottlieb and Kellerman and, and all of these guys who are basically just you know out there doing hot take stuff. Is Colin would give you a very well reasoned argument for why he thinks the way he thinks, and it, it, he would do it in an entertaining fashion. But the one the one trick with him, and the, and it's the same thing with all these guys, but he does it better than they do. Once you buy his initial premise, everything else makes sense. Yeah. And everybody, and some of the guys don't even try to do that, but most of them, that's what they do. If, if you accept that initial premise, then you can, you, everything you do after that is going to follow up your argument to make that fit. He does that better than anybody so that it sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And, and that's what you want. So, uh, and he was, uh, when I first started, that's when I had to come in and do five in the morning and do updates during Mike and Mike and Colin, and then we do the noon to two show. And uh, I, I, there were some things about Mike and Mike I couldn't stomach. Like any time Dick Vitale came on and did his weekly thing, uh, I had to. Go, hey, you're not enjoying this? Uh, come on, Falcon. I had to leave the room, but uh, but uh, but I would love listening to Colin. So, also so, shows how much this industry has morphed 
because almost nobody does updates anymore either. True. Because you've got it in your pocket no matter where you are. Oh, breaking news. The Texans hired Nick Casario. You don't have to wait till the top or bottom of the hour to figure that out. Well, keep in mind when we were doing that, we weren't we didn't have local shows. Yeah. So that's that was kind of how my job started was being there to say, well, Cecil Cooper had another stupid thing to say is right. the Astros lost. Uh, and, and, you know, that at the time, we needed that because nobody on ESPN was doing national, was doing local news. So, 713-780-ESPN. says, same guy here. I agree. I prefer uh, Colin is my hot take guy. Kellerman's the worst. I think God, I, I, I think like God Kellerman on boxing stuff yeah. so much. And then I, I just can't listen to him talk about other stuff. It's a, he like he just makes these absurd statements that I, I like. I know people think I do that too. They think I say things just to charge people up. Yeah. But really, it's way easier if you just say what you actually believe, and it's it's way easier to keep your lies straight uh, if you just don't lie about your opinions on things. But I also don't like Aaron's not a producer who like says, "Hey, remember you? This is your this is your take on this." Like, I don't need to be reminded of what my take on things are. So it's a lot easier for me to just stick with what I believe. Whereas I'm pretty sure Max Kellerman, like, he changes like the wind, like what he believes and what he's going to say to charge people up. It's wild. Hey, AJ, you, you, you need to remember you think James Harden's overrated. Oh, oh no. crap. Wrong button. I was <laughs> supposed to go to your ears. Hey, AJ, uh, remember you said Max Kellerman's really good. Oh, yeah. I love Max Kellerman on radio. I, I, do I, I do like his boxing stuff, too, right? Yeah. Okay. Well... And keep in mind on all those big shows, there is somebody in their ear telling them. Always. Uh, their production teams are like six guys. It's not just Aaron in there, like, you know, pushing buttons to make the board run. No. They have, like, <laughs> they have guys who are constantly in contact with these hosts. It's, it's a different world. Do you think we could do a show like that? I couldn't. I'd have a really hard time. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't like when I'm in the middle of a thought and, and Aaron's having to say, 60 seconds. You know, even that. So imagine having to get in there and say, Make sure you mention that James Harden goes, went to a strip club. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's hard. I, I guess you get used to it. But. Or like during, uh, like I've seen this during college play-by-play, when your producer back in the studio while you're calling the game is feeding you numbers and stats, and you're reciting them back-to-back, but you're on like a two-second delay. So your brain's hearing it, processing it, and spitting it out while it's you're a, hearing the it's next It's a skill to be able to do it. Oh, it is. Uh, is it raining out there? Because I'm getting a lot of AccuWeather notifications. Uh, it was. I don't think it is anymore. We lost signal on DirecTV for a little while earlier, oh, okay. so it's got to be something. Uh, until 6 o'clock, so it's almost over. Whoop, no. Now it says 6.30. All right, quick break. It is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. I don't know how I can explain that in a cooler and more doper fashion. You are listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Happy What Are the Odds Wednesday. Happy in-studio for me day. I'm in a great mood, man. This is, this is so much fun. I, I wish I could test negative every day and be in this mood. I, dude, I was pretty happy when I tested negative because... 
Well, yeah, it's, some it's, people around here I work pretty close with ended up coming down with it. I was like, oh god, and it's it is a little bit scary. I mean, and once, once so many people get it around you, I was finally like, I, I mean, I didn't feel any symptoms, but I was like, I got I got to go get tested because you know my dad's an old guy, he's in poor health, so I'm I, you know I can't be around him and stuff. So I was like, or if I am around him, I want to make sure I'm healthy. So right, uh, I, I've yet to feel any kind of symptoms since COVID became a thing, but I still went and then. It, it still felt good when they were like, oh, you're negative. Congratulations. Well, I'll just say it feels even better when you've been positive and that negative comes back. Yeah. I mean, because it, it, it really... You're, you're through it. Yeah, because it really was a, a gut punch when I got the, the text at 11.58 on New Year's Eve that I had tested positive and that ugly red positive thing on your... And I'm like, really? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't feel sick. But then... Is that mentally you start having all every time you have any kind of symptom you start worrying because you're like, oh man I got this stupid thing and you know and then today and I've been feeling really good the last couple of days but it's just as, as soon as she brought me that piece of paper and said you're negative I could just I could just feel the weight come off my shoulders man I, I really did it's like I just wanted to jump out of the damn car and dance right there and it was just uh, you know it it, it just really. I mean, I I feel like myself again, and obviously that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and start doing all kinds of stuff. But I'm probably going to meet meet some friends this weekend and do something because I'm I'm just glad to get out of the house. Just doing this. All right, let's do uh, Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the Gym of the Day. The Zadok Jeweler Gym of the Day. All right, we uh, here's your alien update. Um, Avi Loeb, who is the... This dude talks about aliens all the time. Do you notice this? Yeah, because yeah. they're coming. You look at the same websites I do. Every website now is doing a million alien yeah. things. And it's funny because almost all of them are bull bleep. Yeah, I, anytime I see an alien headline, I skip the story. Oh, I do okay. too for the I most part. I, well, shame I on you. Hear, I don't want to hear about aliens. It's shame on you. Because uh, this is the... You know what? They're coming. Okay. We are not alone. We have never been alone. Honestly, it's more likely that apes become hyper-intelligent and take over humans than aliens. Well, see, I, I think we should put odds on that. You know why I know? Because apes actually exist. Mm, okay. I've seen them with my eyes. Well, Avi Loeb has uh, believed he's found proof of alien civilization. Okay, prove it to me, he's, Avi. Hey, are you a member of Harvard's Department of Astronomy? Uh, well, I've been in the Harvard Club. I'm so, sure Avi yeah. has too. Yeah, I have. Been but you're in the and you Club. saw one of those books that was on astrology. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see any alien astronomy? Head? Not astrology. Did you see any alien heads on the wall at uh, the Harvard Club? Uh, no. I you only saw whoa, 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 living beasts. After about that beasts. fifth drink, I saw all kinds of heads on those walls. But because uh, that was really expensive alcohol, really potent alcohol we were having. So yeah, I saw all kinds of stuff. Um, I never saw the bill, now, so I don't know. Let me let me just be That's honest. Why though. I love our boss. Most of the time, I debunk this stuff because I'm an ancient astronaut theorist. That's why I bring it up is to debunk it. Uh, in his upcoming book, of course, all these guys keep writing books where this tell all right. Extraterrestrial, the first sign of intelligent life beyond Earth. Uh, he lays out a compelling case for why an object that recently wandered into our solar system was not just another rock, but actually a piece of alien technology. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it uh, traveled toward our solar sister from the direction of Vega. Vincent Vega or Vic Vega? 
uh, Vega, a nearby Vega star, Street Fighter. 25 light years away, and oh, intercepted like the yeah, and intercepted our solar system. Um, and uh, the object was first spotted by an observatory in Hawaii. And uh, the space object was dubbed. We've talked about this one before, Oumuamua, which uh, that's the one that we're afraid was going to hit our Earth and blow us up. All right. So uh, it was relatively not going to hit us now, right? No, it's only about a hundred yards long. That's all. Uh, But uh, it's traveling what, like probably one mile an hour. Here's here's one of my favorite. No, well, no, it's probably going like I don't know. But here's one of my favorite. That was sarcasm. I, I. I don't know. Uh, but one of my favorite things they always do is stuff like, what would happen if a caveman saw a cell phone? He's seen rocks all his life, and he would have thought it was just a shiny rock. So that's why we look, we just don't know what we're looking at, AJ. We're like a caveman looking at a cell phone. I guess that's what I am. Uh, a caveman looking at a cell phone. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to debunk... I know he's a Harvard astronomy guy. I'm going to debunk, debunk his theory here and say it's a space rock. Okay. And that is your Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the Gym of the Day. The Zadok Jeweler Gym of the Day. 979 said, I got the COVID shot today. My face started doing some random twitching. Freaked me out. Went away after about an hour. I haven't heard a lot of of uh, side effects and yeah, I'm curious now and I guess I'll I just have to ask my doctor because I'm like I'm fairly high up on the list I should still get I should should still get it if I want it right yeah I would say so yeah. I mean even though I've had it now because you don't I, want it again right no I definitely don't want it again although if that's all it is no I, I don't want it because I don't want to spread it I don't want anybody else getting it I mean I, I'd be okay if that's all it is so Oh, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What's your, what's your uh, financial interest here, sir? Uh, it is on the under in this matchup, uh, Rhode Island and Richmond. Yeah, a really th- a thrilling matchup in the old A ten. Uh, we're under one forty five and a half. Well, we've got a, a lot to get to in the next hour. We've got your uh, NFL Hall of Fame finalists. All right, we can get to that. The uh, College football championship will not be delayed due to the Rona at Ohio State. Good. And Nick Saban's daughter had to apologize and get rid of her tweet. And uh, she, I mean, she did that almost instantly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, your beloved Longhorns are bragging about uh, Steve Sarkeesian's offense at Alabama. <laughs> As they should be. <laughs> oh, man. 713-780-ESPN is your number. All right, I got to tell you guys about Allstate. Allstate siding and windows. Uh, listen, if you are looking for new windows, and I honestly, I didn't really know I was looking for new windows when I met the guys at Allstate. They came out to my house. Uh, I I really just wanted to get to know more about the product that I was endorsing, and I you know I I went through a whole spiel when I started it, and I was like, you know what, I'd like to see these windows so I can know what's going on. They came out to my house with a window. You could do a virtual appointment if you prefer, and I was really blown away by the product itself. And the benefits, oh, the many, many benefits, Uh, saving up to 40% on my electric bills. I was able to customize the windows. So they they measured the windows and they say, well, do you want to have the bottom be really short so you can have more of like a a big picture window? And that's what most of my my house is now is like it's 
it looks like the window barely opens. It just slides open at the bottom. Great news, though. I saved $2,500 right off the top. Uh, that's on all window packages. Then I got a cash discount. Then I got a military discount. They treat people the right way. You want the best rate? Call Allstate, 832-204-1936, or check them out online, allstatesidingandwindows.com. You need a taste of your own Of research and innovation. Innovation Map is the new voice of innovation in Houston. Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Covering startups, tech, energy, health, social impact, and more. Visit innovationmap.com today. Do it now! Do it! Do it! Do it now! 